How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast in uh, what is arguably the craziest week that we have ever had since the start of this show. We're running on uh, over four years now doing this show, and I can say without a doubt that this week is (laughs) the craziest week that we've ever had. Uh, Today, I've got my beautiful bride, Layla, hanging out with me. Hey, babe. How are you? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how to support an anxious spouse. So Layla's going to really help me walk through my anxiety. Stop. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll dive into that later. That was probably too soon to make that kind of joke. Um, but we'll dive into uh, how to support an anxious spouse today. I'm excited to get into that. Obviously, um, we will have a lot to talk about in the midst of this crazy news week. But uh, I think the stuff that we're going to talk about today will apply to you regardless of the week that you're listening. Um, For those of you who may be listening to this years later, uh, we're talking specifically about all the news around the coronavirus that really has come out in major ways this week. There's been some major shifts in the news this last week. But so anyway, a lot of um, thoughts and chaos, a lot of people feeling anxious, a lot of husbands and wives trying to support their anxious spouse. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into that, I do want to thank my friends over at the Christian Standard Bible for sponsoring today's episode. Um, They've got all kinds of great Bibles, but one of the Bibles that I want to tell you about um, is their legacy note-taking Bible. This Bible, look at this Bible, babe. This thing is obviously, uh, guys can't see this, but this Bible is, one, it's huge and Mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, It's made of actual leather, and it's a note-taking Bible, and they have at the very beginning of this Bible uh, places where you can do like um, family trees, um, births of people, deaths in the family. Essentially what it is is it's meant to be passed down to like yeah, kids. it's like an heirloom. It Bible. is an heirloom. It's really cool. It really is cool. Um, and it's meant to be passed down for like generations to ge- and generations. So what I love about it, particularly in seasons like this, is you can actually, as you're reading through the scriptures, take a bunch of notes because they have big margins on each side so you can take notes. Uh, and one of the things is you could just like process the things that you're feeling and wrestling through in seasons like this that can be kind of high anxiety or just a little bit chaos. Whatever you're feeling, you can process that in the Bible and then you pass that down to your kids and grandkids and, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, they could be reading about how you were processing your faith with the Lord in the midst of chaos, which I think is really, really cool. So anyway, Again, the Christian Standard Bible has lots of really great Bibles, but this legacy note-taking Bible is awesome. You can get it anywhere where Bibles are sold, particularly places like Amazon, Lifeway, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book. Again, anywhere where they sell Bibles, you can grab this legacy note-taking Bible from Christian Standard Bible. So thank you guys for sponsoring this episode. And again, uh, you always help out uh, our show by helping out our sponsors. So go check out the legacy note-taking Bible from Christian Standard Bible. Um, all right, mama. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so much. Has, so why'd you have me on today? Well, <laughs> in case you know somebody who may struggle with anxiety. Uh, okay. One of the funniest things, funny is not the right word. One of the things that Layla and I, the kind of the jokes that I make towards Layla on probably a daily basis is you start many sentences with, 
I just, just worried, worried that. that. <laughs> I'm just worried that. You've been doing that for like 10 years and you've said it a lot more since we've had kids. Yeah. And then. I'm always worried about something. Yeah. So as of today, the news changes like hourly. Mm-hmm. Literally, as we were about to hit record for this podcast, uh, one of the news channels did, was doing like a town hall uh, you know, all let's get doctors together and give the latest information as of today, which is what's the date today? babe? I don't have any idea. Sunday, March 15th, 2020. Um, as of today, uh, the news is I think every state except one state has has the coronavirus, a case of the coronavirus. Oh, really? Yeah. West Virginia. That's what they just said. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And I think they're wow. up to about 50 something deaths is what I just heard um, right before I hit record. And uh, they've canceled all <laughs> events over 250. Mm-hmm. I think every state in the country has done that, which is just insane. Today, we would normally be at church and be with our church family. We will not be, as you guys will not be, because um, nobody, no churches over 250 are getting together. Just crazy. Yesterday, I went to a store. We have a store here in Oregon called Fred Meyer, which is just... Uh, my Kind of, f- I think other people call it Kroger, maybe. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Kroger is part of the, mm-hmm. our Fred Meyer is part of the Kroger family. Um, people like my friends from California make fun of me because you can get everything there, like I, uh, an engagement ring, mm-hmm. tires, mm-hmm. and medicine. Anyway, I went there yesterday. Groceries, clothes. Yeah. Kind of a super Walmart kind of mm-hmm. store. I went there yesterday and tried to get some food. Like every store in America right now, the shelves are empty. And people are just in survival mode. And uh, I try to just get a few medicines like cough drops, allergy medicine, ibuprofen. And I got up to the cash register. The lady at the cash register was not super friendly, which understandably, I'm sure she's gone through a lot of stress mm-hmm. in the last couple of days. And uh, anyway, she told me I could only pick three, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. We live in America. And she's mm-hmm. like, you can pick three medicines. Well, I was like, I asked Jared when he got home, I'm like, what the heck? Were you trying to buy like 15 bottles of ibuprofen? And he's like, no, I was trying to buy one package of cough drops, one ibuprofen, one allergy medicine for our son and like, you know, one Dayquil or something. And she had him put put it back because uh, you can only pick three. Pretty wild times. Super wild. And the crazy thing is like a week ago, if you had said that that was going to happen, we were like, no, it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. The thing, Things shifted so quickly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I guess I, my first question to you, babe, would be, how are you feeling in the midst of all this like really quick shifting news uh, and where the world's at as of March 15th, mm-hmm. 2020? Uh, well, I think uh, I join probably most of the people or hopefully most of the people that feel a bit unsettled. Um, you know, this is a, a legitimate pandemic and I work in the healthcare field. I'm an RN in a hospital and um Probably one of the biggest um, anxiety inducers during this time is not necessarily uh, a, cos- a concern for our like immediate family. Um, we're not in the demographic that seems to be um, at highest risk for severe illness or death. Um, but I do worry about, I, I just have a lot of concerns for, for the vulnerable populations, um, specifically my patients. Um, I work uh, with cancer patients or oncology patients, and that demographic tends to be older. Um, And then 
a lot of them are also on chemotherapy, which is uh, an immunocompromised state. So uh, my worry is, um, and and the reason that we're home and we're really um, limiting our exposure to other people is, again, not necessarily I'm worried that uh, one of us will get this and die, but um, that I could bring it with me to work and potentially um, be a cause of death to somebody. And that's mm. a big deal. Um, the other part of this is, um, again, not necessarily the disease itself, but there's some really big ramifications of having this global pandemic and we've seen it in the stores and now there's this food scarcity. And just like in any other country or in any in the animal kingdom, when there's a food scarcity, people and slash animals get, I mean, I want, I don't want to use the word dangerous, but they do because it's survival of the fittest and who's going to be the most aggressive to get their, their needs met, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you're not, uh, you lose. And so again, I worry about, um, maybe people with disabilities or the lower, you know, people who can't just zip in a car and drive from store to store to try and find what they need. Um, there are people who can't do that and that's just heartbreaking the elderly, um, but I mean, even us, I'm a mom and I want to protect my babies. And if my baby needs, you know, that last can of formula or my baby needs that diaper or, you know, people get, people get very animal like, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to say. So anyway, those kinds of things, um, it's unsettling. And then just, I think it's a scarcity issue. And especially here in the States, we are not used to that. We want what we want and we get it. If not that day, the very next day it will be delivered on our porch. And um, we are going to have to come to the realization that that may not be the case in the coming months. And um, lastly, one more thing is the lack of ventilators. Uh, If we don't blunt this curve, um, meaning if too many people get sick, critically sick at one time, we do not have the capacity to care for that many critically ill patients. So... um, that's why it really is imperative for the population, the people. If you don't have to go out and about, please don't. Uh, for the Satan, maybe not you. You might be fine. Your family may be okay. But um, but if you bring that uh, this virus into a vulnerable population and there are enough of those that happen, um, there may be people on a gurney in a hallway that, uh, anyway, it just could not go well for quite a few people. So yeah. So obviously, that's we're hearing a lot of that that mm-hmm. kind of thing on the news and stuff. Um, and I'm not an alarmist. Like I feel, I really feel quite calm. But I also feel like it's just uh, kind of a moral obligation at this point to just do what you can. Um, the experts, the doctors, the epidemiologists, the infectious disease uh, researchers are saying, please uh, don't go out. So yeah. we should heed that warning and not go out. This isn't about just you at this point. Yeah. So there's a, you know, we had the dad tired crew scheduled for next week Yeah. and uh, we, we had to cancel that. Yeah. A lot, some of you who are listening to that were scheduled to be on that cruise and I just can't uh, apologize enough. We Obviously, are so sad, yeah. right? We're there yeah. with you. Jared's been talking about this for a year and a half. So <laughs> he was like, he's like, maybe if we just show up and, and then we could get on the boat and, but no. Yeah. Uh, I was committed to like the last second to try mm-hmm. to make this work, and then they actually canceled all cruises. And um, anyway, so it's a it's just a bummer. Just as an FYI, uh, we're hoping to redo that cruise or postpone it until uh, until next April. 
So if you wanted to go on that and things pass and it's safe to get on cruises, we'd love to have you. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, anyway, so as we're hearing um, this news on the news, uh, some guys, and I've, some of my friends are in this boat, I, people are just all over the map as far as what they feel, kind of all over the spectrum. Um, some guys are going to hear that and their wives are going to have the same kind of concerns that you just laid out there. And like, this is the facts. This is, these are the realities. And maybe that causes high anxiety. I posted on Instagram, uh, just like this poll, where are you at? Like, what are you feeling? And a lot of people stress that they're feeling really high anxiety. Other Mm -hmm. people are like, just don't care at all. Um, think people are blowing it out of proportion. I guess if somebody is listening and they're like, they're either the husband or wife who's got the high anxiety mm-hmm. and they're, the spouse is like, you're blowing this way out of proportion. You just need to calm down. Maybe they're saying that or they're feeling that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked you to put together like three things or three ways that a spouse can support someone who might be feeling anxious in an anxious time. Again, whether that's the corona thing that's happening right now this week mm-hmm. or maybe just in general, they have high anxiety. And we'll just preface this by saying I'm usually the more uh, optimistic slash careless. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I just reckless. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't typically worry. You're plagued with anxiety as much as I am. Yeah. Thank you for saying it so directly. Uh, welcome. So I wish podcast could capture all the eye rolls happening in this room right now. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So it, for me, uh, and I'll just say this, for the corona thing specifically, the disease, I'm with you. Like the disease, I, you know, I'm not necessarily afraid that we are personally going to get sick just based on the facts. It seems like we're not in that demographic. I don't want to contribute to other people getting sick. So that's why we're not, uh, that's why we originally canceled the cruise even before cruise lines did. And that's why we're not going to go on vacation when we have vacation time. We'll be in our house with our kids during the next few weeks just to um, serve and love on the vulnerable population, even if it doesn't directly affect us. So we want to be Christ followers in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you, I was at the store yesterday and I saw some people, I could just see in people's eyes that animalistic mm-hmm. uh, survival mode. You could just feel it in the stores. And and so that part does worry me. So I think I, I do have more like I guess anxiety mm-hmm. or stress about this situation than I normally would towards a situation because yeah. of like the ramifications that mm-hmm. it's having. But anyway, in a, in a situation where I wouldn't normally have uh, anxiety towards something, what are three ways that I could like support you? What are three ways a husband or a wife can support their spouse who might be feeling high levels of anxiety mm-hmm. during this time? You got some thoughts for us? Yeah, I thought of a couple of things. Um, and again, this is not just regarding this uh, global pandemic and disease outbreak, although this is a, a a great time and a good example of uh, maybe a highly anxious time. But this, I think these would be good just anytime. I've certainly um, struggled a bit with anxiety my probably my whole life. And in various seasons, it's worse than other times. And um, sometimes it's reasonable and sometimes it's just not. Um, but one thing I thought uh, that's helpful or at least kind of mitigates the <laughs> the tension between a spouse that's anxious and a spouse that's not is um, having the not anxious spouse, um, just acknowledge the feelings, you know, acknowledge the feelings of their spouse. So, um, not necessarily supporting or, um, you know, 
acknowledging the cause of the anxiety. Like if, you know, if I have this uh, fear of, I don't know, going swimming in a lake and a shark is going to come and eat me and I have like high, I mean, because some people have some really... That's unreasonable. There are no sharks in lakes. Right. I mean, but some people just have really unreasonable causes of anxiety. You, You used an example on purpose that was unreasonable? Like a shark in a lake? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, did you think that I thought maybe sharks were in lakes? No, th- that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying like, I want you- If somebody has an unreasonable- right, if it's okay. an unreasonable fear, like I'm afraid that a shark is going to come eat me and that's why I'm not going to swim in the lake with my family, then like you don't have to necessarily be like, yes, that's true, <laughs> dear. You know, that is a scary thing that could happen. No, I mean, it's not. Um, but that does not mean that the anxiety isn't there or the fear isn't there. So what I'm saying is um, you don't necessarily uh, have to acknowledge the cause of the anxiety as legitimate, um, but that the feelings are. The anxiety is real. Um, and the, the other thought is just that there's really nothing worse than having that um, anxiety or that fear, be, being anxious and scared, and then also feeling totally alone in that or mm. um, or to be made to feel kind of crazy or judged by, especially by your spouse. Yeah. Um, so again, just acknowledging instead of, you know, making fun of or rolling your eyes or being annoyed by um, the anxiety, but just like acknowledging, yes, you have anxiety and like, I acknowledge that and that's a real feeling. That's a legitimate feeling. You can't dictate to somebody else what they should or shouldn't or can or can't feel or yeah. do or don't feel. Yeah. So just for some context here, Layla and I, I don't know these three things that Layla's put on so mm-hmm. on her list. So um, some of it I will take, I'm like taking personally in a good way. Like I'm just hearing what does Layla feel and... <laughs> What do I need to receive? I'm trying to think of stuff outside of the coronavirus. I think it probably mm-hmm. started at the beginning of this. Where I'm like, babe, calm down. Like we're fine. <laughs> we can yeah. go do things. And um, so I guess what I'm hearing you say is you don't. I'm trying to think of examples. Like maybe they, we take the kids to the skate park and you're just terrified that they're going to go down this ramp and break an arm. I'm or- constantly like that. Yeah, I'm just. I don't want them to do X, Y, or Z because X, Y, or Z could happen. Um, and so. Oh, okay. So a good one is around water and swimming. Yeah. Um, I have high anxiety around water water. and the kid, especially the kids. And, um, and for me, that is a legitimate reason to have concern. Children drown all the time. And, um, what I don't like hearing and what makes me want to like, not allow you to bring the children to a pool is if I feel that you don't legitimize that fear. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you've, you know, just because you're not anxious, like I am about drowning. If I feel that, um, you haven't legitimized that, um, that it, it really worsens it. Or if you, for example, one time you wanted to take Elijah camping, our son, our eight year old son, I think he was seven at the time. And I had a huge list of things to be aware of and, (laughs) you know, and, um, and some of it I get was probably over the top and maybe silly, but I needed Jared to like acknowledge, okay, Layla's feeling anxious about this trip. I'm going to legitimize those feelings and, you know, here are the things I'm going to do to like make sure Elijah's safe or something. Cause when it's like, it's fine, we're going then all bets are off. I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. So let's help me walk through that. Cause I think this is going to, that's going to be like a very normal 
Mm-hmm. Dads are going to, I'm generalizing here. I know mm-hmm. that there are dads who struggle with anxiety and wives who don't. So yeah, th- I'm talking about just yeah. our situation yeah. here. Um, so in our particular situation, help me. I'm trying to think through what I could actually say mm-hmm. or do in that moment. Let's use the camping trip, for example. Yeah. Um, in that moment, that would have made you feel like, you know, you know some of the stuff felt I'm trying to think through like maybe not it didn't just didn't feel logical to me so I'm trying yeah. to stick with that first point that you said like our kids are going to die of third degree sunburn if I don't lather yeah. them up with 16 layers of sunburn yeah. or sunscreen before <laughs> they go out on the kayak um, but also sunscreen could cause cancer too because of the chemicals so please go. make there sure you go. get the safe and clean sunscreen I know it's it never ends it never ends but it's exhausting for me yeah um to be that way I'm not trying to think of all the ways some harm could come to us or our children or whatever. But um, this actually lends to the second thing on my list. Hold on. But for, oh. before we go there, what, what could I have said in that moment that would have made you, would have made you feel like, all right, Jared's loving me well here. Um, okay. So if we're just talking about legitimizing my feelings, I think just saying that, just say, you know, babe, I know it's nerve wracking for you that the kids are out of your sight and they're with me. Um, I, you know, just, I don't know. I acknowledge that that's kind of a scary feeling and out of control feeling, but I love them just as much as you do. And I'm going to take really good care of them, okay. you know, or some sort of, just acknowledging like, not, right, instead, instead of, of eye rolling. Like, stop, yeah. Don't yeah. eye roll me and like, act like it's not possible. Cause those things are, <laughs> but you said, shark in the lake which is not possible okay so yeah okay so if somebody has a fear that's okay so here's one that's personal (laughs) because i don't have fears of sharks in lakes that are going to come up and eat me um but one that i struggled with for a really long time that you i can tell you're already gonna laugh at me again just because you're smiling well okay so i have a fear of being shot (laughs) (laughs) okay okay I know that that's probably not a reasonable fear. Maybe. Are you part of a gang? No. Okay. I'm not part of a gang. Um, unless you count homeschool moms, but they're <laughs> usually not packing. But it would be to the point where I would be like driving up I-5, Interstate 5 to get home or to go to work or whatever. And then there's like a car driving next to me. And I'm thinking, why aren't they passing me or letting me pass? I feel like they're kind of driving at the same speed I am. And I'm going to look over and they're going to have a gun (laughs) pointed at me. Now, I I know that's silly and I know there's no reason why somebody would just pull out a gun and shoot me on (laughs) I-5 as I'm going home from work or going to work. We live in the Pacific Northwest for Pete's sake in Oregon, you know, it's, um, they might throw some tofu at you or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're not, I'm not in other places of the nation that have very high where I grew up, which is kind of why I laugh because where I grew up, that's a legitimate, that legitimately people are getting shot. But, yes. but anyway, so like things like that and and I still don't need you um to make fun and and I'm pretty playful and I can I don't take myself too seriously, but um but I would have I would like actually tense up on that side that the car was driving past me and I would like get kind of chills in my body and I would you know hunch my shoulder up like somehow to protect myself from a bullet, I don't know. Um so even though I even can acknowledge it's probably not a legitimate um, anxiety, um, I still 
have the feelings. And for some people, they're not able to kind of like talk themselves out of it. Like right. it's debilitating. It's debilitating. And and that's when you get like the agoraphobia. People legitimately won't leave their house because the fears for are For somebody so that's not as smart as you, what's agoraphobia mean? Agoraphobia is kind of like By the way, like, I'm not as smart as you. That's why I was asking oh, for myself, okay. not for somebody else. <laughs> I mean, you might have to Google it to find the official definition, but it's essentially like the fear of like everything. Mm. Like it's severe and debilitating anxiety mm. of all the things. So, um, they, people that suffer from this and, and so much of it is not legitimate. They're not, um, the things that they're afraid of are likely not really dangerous, but it feels that way. Their body is still responding in that fight or flight. And why would you leave your house if everything out there is causing that reaction it's absolutely miserable yeah so that so the for me i guess what i'm picking up here in this first one is the statistical data to show that you're going to get shot on the freeway is yeah. really low oh and gosh, unlikely yeah. but what you're feeling yeah. is real right and my heart rate was still pounding and right. my shoulder was still tensing up and i was not going to look over to my right because i was certain I could see it, see it clear as day in my head that this person, it ends up being like some sweet old lady just like doesn't pay attention that we're a rolling roadblock and she's just driving right next to me. She, you know, sometimes I try and make myself, Layla, just look, just look to your right so you can see that there's not a gun. That's intense, babe. Head. That is, is intense. It's, I know it's silly, but the feelings yeah. are still in my body. Like I'm still actually having a physiological response to a fear. Right. This reminds me that our daughter the other day had this dream of what was the dream i can't remember it was something yeah very silly oh it was she had a dream that she was at the cafeteria at school and her pizza sat up on her plate and talked to her and when she's telling the dream we're both in the kitchen together and she's telling us this dream i'm kind of smiling and giggling like i think this is really funny and you caught on because you're much better Mm -hmm. at me than this like she's getting worked up Mm -hmm. this is really Mm -hmm. causing her a lot of stress Mm -hmm. Uh, distress and so she you know her eyes well tears and you just walked over and you hugged her and she just kind of started crying in your arms yeah and that she was trying to hold it together as she was telling us this thing that really spooked her and so i just held her and she melted and cried that's a good example i think of like okay obviously the pizza talking off your plate is totally silly and but what you're feeling is real and it's causing real emotions. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as husbands to love our wives well, we can empathize with that mm-hmm. and say like, I'm, that sucks that you're feeling that way. And my heart broke for her. And yeah. that, like, this sucks. I, I don't want to see my baby girl, mm-hmm. you know, crying over anything, especially something like this. So I think that's a good example of just like, how do we love our spouse well who's dealing with it? Even if we feel like what they're struggling with is not legitimate, mm-hmm. what they're feeling is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And for me to just say, babe, I, we both can maybe acknowledge that that's kind of silly or not, uh, maybe it, silly might not be a right word to use, but this, it's yeah. unlikely, I mean, it's unlikely spouse, to happen. Jared can say, you know, that's yeah. a silly fear to me and I'm not going to get upset, but right. you know, your spouse in the way that they may be better able to receive, um, talk, you know, right. be able to speak about this. So yeah, it's unlikely that this is going to happen, but I'm sorry. What you're feeling is, I can mm-hmm. tell it's really bothering you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear you. Let me know if there's something I can do to, you know, whatever. And it, for some, it might just be I'm going to stand next to you like you did with Eden. Yeah. I'm going to rub your back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a hug. Get a 
let you be a shoulder to just kind of melt into. But mm-hmm. all right, what's number two? Um, so the next thing, and like I said, it kind of um, was tied back into the first, but um, one of the biggest triggers I would imagine for probably most people and certainly me is um, change or and or and these go hand in hand but just like kind of that sense of being out of control like I'm not in control of something and when you have anxieties or fears you can um, it helps I think to like like for example when you went camping with Elijah I wanted to name all of the things that could potentially go wrong and my recommendation for what you would do if those things happened you know like please don't forget water shoes because x y and z could be in the water or he could step on this when he's camping and please make sure that you know what if he gets stung by a bee and he's allergic and we didn't know or I mean just on and on and on so change and being out of control is a big trigger um and and maybe you guys have picked up on this and we've talked about this before but Jared is always he always has big ideas new ideas um whole new trajectories for our entire lives all the time he comes up with things that would just change the course of our lives like nothing and for me that's like that spins my head you know and I um so anyway it would help I think my anxiety if when you have something you want to present to me that you know may be a bit of a trigger like this is going to be a big change for us or this is going to maybe um you know I don't know this is something new an idea I've thought of this is what I want to implement in our family or something is showing me that you've thought about it you know more than normally you would um because you know that I will be thinking about all the things because I tend to think through um all the things that could go go wrong or why this might not work or and that those are the things that cause me anxiety so if my I guess it would kind of help um lessen my anxiety if I know that you've thought through um maybe a change that you want to implement in our family yeah when I I appreciate you sharing that Ben what Mm I um what I hear from that and I guess what I take away from that as a guy who does I do I really do what Layla's saying is true um, and so I guess my takeaway from that is, uh, what am I doing to contribute to your anxiety? Mm. And so yeah. th- there are guys who may be frustrated or maybe growing bitter towards their wife's mm-hmm. anxiety. I'm mm-hmm. frustrated that you're anxious about this thing. Cause you felt that I for felt me. That. Yeah. yeah. He feels frustrated by my anxiety. Cause it's like, he calls me, you know, the queen of like the wet blankets. I just throw a wet blanket on everything he comes up with and it may be out of my fear and anxiety and then he gets frustrated or bitter toward me. Yeah. And so I guess one thing that I will take away from that and hopefully the spouse listening is um, are there things that I'm contributing to to the relationship that are actually causing anxiety in the spouse um, and then I'm getting better at them for that anxiety. Mm-hmm. So how do I protect my wife well is for me to think through um Protecting her is really choosing the words and the thoughts and the ideas that I throw out to her um, and just really thinking that through ahead of time and thinking, is this going to give some, is this something that's life-giving for me? Is it actually going to be anxiety-inducing for her? And so if I really want to protect her and her heart and her emotions, really thinking through, is this the best idea to share right now with her? Maybe that idea can better be shared with another friend who also gets joy through just spitballing ideas and we both get life-giving you know, fuel by sharing new stuff. Or maybe it's just a, let me hang on to that idea for 48 hours before I share it um, because likely it'll go away, knowing most <laughs> yeah. of my ideas. 95% of them come right. and go. Right, so maybe some of them 
some of you listeners like are like Jared, where you just want to talk about ideas, um, maybe not necessarily implement them, but you just want to share this grand idea and this whole like layout of the life that you have envisioned. And um, because my, there we go. I just worry that, <laughs> that the resentment, um, my worry is that you will resent me for not being able to share your dreams. And we've had talks like this where it's been like a mutual resentment. Like I've been frustrated with Jared and hold this resentment that he just all the time, new ideas, change our lives, do this instead. Actually, I know last week I wanted to do this with our lives, but now this week I want to do this. And I just start getting like frustrated and fearful that like, what is he doing? And, um, but it goes the same way. I worry that he gets, you know, like you just said, kind of resentful, um, and resentment is the worst you guys. It's such a bitter root that could like grow it's, it's deep. ivy oh it, my it, it gosh. spreads just, quick yeah. and it's invasive and it kills things it's horrible yeah. it just changes your thoughts towards your spouse and so um you really 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 have to get good at communicating um be the good communicator but also the person that has to hear hard things like for jared to tell me layla when you shut down everything it really is hurtful and i get bitter towards you and you know and I have to then receive that in a way that's like okay do I do that well shoot I do (laughs) you know just you have to be okay and it's just constructive not critic man critics are so hard to criticism is the worst also there's constructive criticism in a loving way and then there's just like you know being mean um and so there are ways to communicate that are meant to jab and hurt and then there are ways to communicate that you really are doing it to better your relationship and so an anxiety just can make all of that really difficult but as the receiver of um of that constructive criticism and as the giver you have to be careful but do it you have to do it i think the key is what you said is the the heartbeat behind the criticism is that I want best for you and I want best for us. Yeah. And if you can structure your sentences and your thoughts that way, mm-hmm. like uh, sometimes the thoughts feel like I just don't want you to have what you want to have. Yeah. I'm mad. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm throwing a wet blanket cause I want to be a wet mm-hmm. blanket and I think your idea is dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way it can feel. Yeah. As opposed to something, and you've done this before. I wrote a chapter on this in the book where I said I was about to buy a Harley Davidson. Remember? Yes, I do remember that. Uh, And uh, I was just like, Layla was like shopping at the mall and I walked over to the Harley Davidson store. For those of you who haven't read the book, you should get the book, by the way. It's on audiobook or Amazon. Yeah, yeah, Audible. (laughs) Uh, While you've got some time. Um, But anyway, I found myself at a Harley dealership and I'm about to buy a Harley and I literally, I'm like trying on jackets because they're like, if you buy a Harley today, you get a free jacket. Can you even with the sky, you guys? Oh my gosh, pray for me. I've never ridden <laughs> a motorcycle in, in my life. Literally, yeah. I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life, but I was like, had already done the credit check. He's like, we, I got approved. <laughs> like, what in the heck does that matter? It doesn't mean you should get a stinking motorcycle anyway. So I've got, I'm trying on the jacket. Layla walks in. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, hey, babe, just just got a motorcycle and uh, Dave over here. He's selling me a motorcycle. (laughs) What? Uh, But one thing you said there was like, you reminded me of our bigger goal. Like, like instead of just being like, you're an absolute idiot. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You were like, Hey, we're trying to like get out of debt and Mm -hmm. we could be using the money for like this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Our goals for family. So I guess just approaching your spouse, like let us, let me remind you of like what we're actually trying to do as a family, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of this big idea. Um, So Yeah. 
change. I think that's helpful mm-hmm. for a spouse to really hear like, all right. What? Change or out of control. Out of control. And some people are okay not being in complete control. And for some people it causes a lot of anxiety. So just coming up with ways to like um, help your spouse feel either feel a little bit more in control or just, um, you know, sharing that you thought something through and you, you know, you have answers for some of the worries. I think some practically like this week for people who are listening tomorrow or mm-hmm. to, you know, if you're listening on Monday, the 16th and the coronavirus stuff is, and you're in the still, we're still in the thick of that as you're listening to this. Um, maybe you have a spouse who's really anxious about this whole thing and you've been downplaying it and you still don't feel like it's that big of a deal. One way that you maybe could love is stop by the grocery store, grab a few extra things. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, babe, I know this is important to you. I grabbed 17,000 cases of uh, water and toilet yeah, paper. Please don't do that. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, I picked up some extra groceries and mm-hmm. here's some ways that I, you know, and right. maybe that just helps contribute to the like out of control feeling. Yeah. If, 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 Feeling out of control is what's causing some anxiety for your spouse. Maybe some way that you can help is to mm-hmm. um, offer that. Mm-hmm. And again, I just really want to emphasize the point for the guys and women who are listening. Are there things that you are currently doing that are contributing to the spouse, to, to the anxiety that your spouse mm-hmm. is feeling? And to really say, one of the ways that I'm going to die to myself and protect my spouse's heart is to limit the things that I say or do mm-hmm. that might cause anxiety for them. I think that's a good point. Uh, Speaking of um, the fact that most of us are going to be stuck in the house for the next couple of weeks, I do want to take the time to thank my friends over Blinkist for also sponsoring this episode. If you guys haven't heard of Blinkist, I actually was just talking to some of you guys at one of the conferences recently, and you were asking me a little bit more about Blinkist. Blinkist is essentially an app that you can get on your computer or your phone, your tablet, that allows you to take uh, download books and you get the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and it will condense it down to just 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to. This is a really, really good way. One, if you don't have time to read, to get information, still get information and to learn a lot. Or two, if there's books that you're like, hey, I want to read that, but I don't know if I want to buy the whole book or if I have the time to go sit down for hours, get the Blinkist version of the book and you can realize like, oh, this is a great book. I want to buy it. I want to sit down and actually read the whole thing. Um, Or you just realize like, oh, that's not the book that's going to be of good interest to me and I'll move on. And so it just helps you to go through more content much more quickly, which I know for you guys as podcast listeners, that's important too. So uh, definitely check out Blinkist. I've been using it even before they came on and sponsored our show. I was using Blinkist. I've always been a fan of them. I really love what they're doing. They, uh, we have had past guests on our show um, who have books on Blinkist. One is Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. His book is on our show. Layla and I actually got to have a meal with Gary Chapman, just a great guy. He's been on the podcast before. And uh, so he's got some books on Blinkist as well, The Five Love Languages specifically. And then also uh, Bob Goff has a book, Everybody or Everybody Always. He was a guest on our show. He has a book on Blinkist. And then uh, John Mark Comer, one of my favorite teachers, he has his new book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, on Blinkist. So again, really great way to con- get condensed information and kind of continue to read a bunch of books, even if you don't feel like you have time to as a busy dad, or if you do have a bunch of time now that you're stuck in the house, maybe for the next couple of weeks, and you just want to get a lot of stuff and consume a lot of stuff. Again, Blinkist is the best way to do that. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our audience. Go to Blinkist.com tired 
Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tire to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also receive 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com forward slash tired. All right, babe, what was the third uh, thought you had for us spouses that can support an anxious yeah, spouse. So, uh, lastly, um, sometimes being anxious, um, and having anxiety can, uh, literally have no trigger mm. or at least what feels like it's come from nowhere. Um, so I can find myself feeling anxious, um, for, like I said, it just feels like no good reason. And I become pretty irritable and grumpy um, and just overall overwhelmed. Um, and so the littlest thing, um, when my anxiety is high, the littlest thing, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just irritable and grumpy and uncomfortable. I don't know. I've, I think I've tried to explain to you what anxiety feels like. And it's just this, the word keeps coming. It's like uncomfortable. I'm mm. uncomfortable in my body. I'm uncomfortable in my brain. My, I'm like actually having like physical feelings. That's mm-hmm. just uncomfortable. Um, and so part of that is just, uh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I definitely want you to finish that thought. It just was interesting. I've talked to some friends about this even recently and how uh, anxiety and stress manifests itself physically. Yeah. It's so huge. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, it's like their actual feel, like physical feelings sometimes. Yeah. And so um, part of that, um, part of our physiology is our vagus nerve, which is part of our autonomic nervous system. And that plays a huge role in um, mental health and anxiety and depression. Um, and it, the, the nerve regulates critical functions in our body, like our blood pressure, our heart rate, our digestion, um, sweating. Um, and so when you have anxiety, um, those things can like manifest physically. Um, and it's uncomfortable to have your heart rate pounding um, hard when you're not physically exerting yourself. When you're just sitting there and your heart is pounding and your breaths are like rapid and shallow. It's, it really is uncomfortable. Um, nausea is another one again with the digestion, um, stomach pains. Um, but you can stimulate this nerve. So what I was thinking is, um, well, let me start over. So you can, you can stimulate this nerve by taking, um, really deep breaths, like slowing, like overriding those physical manifestations and um, taking some breaths and other various like relaxation techniques. Um, so again, the best and easiest way I think is deep breathing. Um, so one thing that a spouse could do for their anxious spouse is just allowing that time. Um, again, if I'm just feeling overwhelmed, you can tell I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm having anxiety and I'm just uncomfortable and I'm irritable, like allow me to go go into the room and maybe turn on my essential oils diffuser and um, just kind of be by myself for a minute to give me that time to like physically reset my body. Um, you can you can stimulate that nerve by deep breathing. So allowing your spouse time to do that. I have a lot That's of That's a really good practical way. That is practical. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, a couple of them are what I what a spouse shouldn't do is just say, just calm down. Yeah, no, that, okay, cool, thanks. I didn't think of that. Why didn't I think about just calming down? Yeah, I want yeah. to throw something at your head. Don't so, say that. So instead of just saying, you know, just calm down, actually giving them the freedom, yeah. even tr- even setting it up as much as you can, like, hey, babe, I'll take the kids, yeah. go up to the room for a little bit and just say, yeah. relax, what just, do I say? Relax, yeah. enjoy, okay. just yeah. enjoy some me time. Go take a minute. Yeah. Yeah. 
there, sorry, but there, um, I've noticed that um, in school they're really teaching children too. That's a, it's a legit, it's a real way to like self-regulate. Is taking, you know, we've had our kids tell us that they've learned at school. I need to take some deep breaths, and so I always t- I tell my patients too, in through your nose, out through your mouth, like you're smelling a flower, and blow out a candle, and um, it really it physically changes what's happening. Right. There's in your science body. behind that. Yeah. That's not just like a, right. you know, foo. Right. What am, sword I'm looking for? Woo woo. Woo woo. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, by the way, what I've always thought of uh, essential oils. I know. Just snake whatever. oil over here in a bottle. But, but if it smells <clears throat> good and it's not poisoning our bodies like candles and incense, then let me have my woo woo oil <laughs> diffusing. Feels good. Leave me alone. Layla's smart. Okay. So for any wives that are listening, uh, Layla's smarter than I am. I'm I'm not trying to cure cancer with my essential oils or anything like that, but I do like the smell. And if there are mental health benefits and even some antimicrobial properties to some of these oils, let me have it. It's not unreasonable. All right. Well, Layla does a lot of (laughs) research on this stuff more than I ever would. So if you, uh, (laughs) we probably shouldn't say this. I may cut this out, but... After every episode, we always have so many people try to reach out to Layla on social media, yeah, like try to I know. be your friend. And Layla, it's so not, sweet. not that know. she doesn't want to be friends with everyone, yeah. but you just like, all you do is post pictures of our kids all day. I know. It's the internet. I have to be, it's my anxiety. I don't know who you are. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you're somebody trying to Catfish like, in you. yeah, steal my children or something. I really yeah. only post pictures of my kids and that way my like friends and family can see. And, yeah. Well, the um, only reason I say that lovely. is because you do, you have kind of geeked out on the essential oil thing. So I was just going to say for the wives that are like, you know, what do I get or what can I diffuse or oh, that's helped yeah. your anxiety? Can you mm-hmm. help me? So I'm just going to, how I don't share my link. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we'll, I'll have Layla put some together and you can. Sh- sure. If you want to know about it, you can hello at, find some. Hello at dadtire.com. There you go. Let's do this Layla at dadtire.com. Oh, I can make L E I L A. That's not going to work. Nobody's going to spell your name right. L E I L A. You think I should do it? Layla? Mm, you just spelled it out. Okay. Layla at dadtire.com. I'll set her up. Set her an email address up today. Yeah, you can email me there. That feels safer. Layla at Dad Tired. <laughs> and if you have questions or relate to Layla on any of this and want to talk to her, she can, uh, she'll reach you. You can reach her there. All right, you guys. Thank you. Do you have any last thoughts? Yes. Oh. Um, I just want to acknowledge that living with an anxious spouse is probably um, exhausting. Um, and so... I personally have a hard time dealing, uh, I don't want to say dealing with, that sounds kind of harsh, but um, interacting with people who are unreasonable or irrational, I actually personally have a low threshold for that. And so when I feel like I'm being unreasonable or irrational, I can acknowledge that that would be really exhausting. Um, So yeah, how's this for (laughs) hypocritical? Um, but as an anxious person, if that's you and it's actually interrupting your daily living or your relationships and you really feel like you're not, you don't have a handle on it or you're not leaving the house, I mean, outside of this pandemic situation, but in general, like if leaving the house is hard for you anyway, because of your overwhelming fears or anxieties, um, know that that can be really hard for your spouse. Even though your feelings are real, um, the spouse I imagine would have a hard time. And so um, as much as you need grace from your spouse regarding your anxiety, um, 
also consider and just be aware that your spouse may need grace um, as they learn to handle and being, you know, being married to an anxious person. Um, and if your spouse just isn't naturally a very good listener, um, well, I want, I would encourage the spouse to please try and get better at that. Um, but also, um, therapy is a really, they have come up with some really great, um, therapy modalities and, and treatments for anxiety. So don't discount that. It doesn't mean you're broken or, um, this is just part of life, this side of heaven, you guys. And so, um, for, for till the end of time, there are going to be people who have anxiety and, um, we just have to learn ways to help each other and, um, be there for your spouse and in love. If that means that maybe you need to seek help outside of your spouse, um, then do that. And there's no shame at all in that. Yeah, that's a good word, Mama. Uh, thanks, babe, for hanging out with us yep. today. Again, uh, wives, if you want to get in touch with Layla, L-E-I-L-A, Layla at dadtire.com. She'll potentially, unless you get like thousands of emails, but even that. Right, what else am I going to do? We're quarantined you're, in the house. You're pretty good at getting back to people, <laughs> better than I am. Um, but anyway, we love you guys. Um, again, just to kind of sum it up here with the coronavirus thing, like I, for most of you guys listening, this isn't going to affect you or your family as far as medically goes, most likely. Um, oh, but they, yeah, there are people that have children who mama, are fragile. Don't, don't okay. just getting into right. the worry stuff here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, let's prefer our neighbors and our community. Let's mm-hmm. serve well, get groceries for your neighbor if you know that they can't. If you buy two extra things at the grocery store so you can give to somebody who might need it. But let's be followers of Jesus well in this season of chaos. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. I love you guys and wash your hands and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.